Awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. And uh, man, thank you so much for giving us that video update. One of the things I've always appreciated about Matt and Angela is that they, are, have, they have always been people of compelling vision and people of big God-sized faith. Grab a seat, my friend. And uh, I just want to talk quickly about uh, some of the work that you guys are doing uh, in Uganda and how we have an opportunity to come side, alongside them. Uh, and the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, is the go part of what they do. Uh, here at City Church, our mission, you guys know it. In fact, say it with me, our mission at City Church is to... Well, let's try that one more time with a little bit, little bit of enthusiasm. Amen. I think y'all been listening the last four, five, six, seven years. The mission of City Church is to. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Uh, A few of you passed the test. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Our mission here at City Church uh, is, in fact, to love God, to love people, to serve our city and serve our world. Before I talk about serving our world, let me just talk about serving our city. uh, Because what we do with our mission is not just words on a piece of paper or words on our shirt. We actually live it out. And so I want to give props to uh, the Singletary uh, Jackson Life Group, right, who put flesh to our mission. Uh, On Thursday, their life group served Journey of Hope Grief Recovery Center uh, right here in Plano. We believe that as a church, we should be the heart and the hands, the feet of Jesus extended to our city and our world. And, uh, and so that's built into the DNA of all of our small groups. When our small groups meet, it's not just for them to gather. They're also called to scatter and serve, identify needs around them and serve and meet those needs. So when we say love God, love people, serve our city, serve our world, we are intentional. We are very deliberate about living out what we profess. Uh, Matt and Angela uh, are sort of a, a tangible expression of what we do when we say we're called to serve our world. Not everybody can go, but we all can be a part of sending. Are y'all with me? So the Great Commission simply says, go into all the earth, make disciples of all nations, and baptize them. But not all of us can go. But there are those who have accepted the call of God to go. And what we do as a local church is we are a part of sending them. Now, the truth is... uh, in maybe the months and the years to come. And and he sent me a couple of invitations to come out to Uganda, and uh, we'll probably do that next year, our schedules permitting, and that's something we really have a heart to do. Uh, uh, But notice what the Scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Verses 14 and 15 should be on the screen. Uh, Romans 10, 14 through 15. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Notice the progression. Nobody gets saved unless they believe. Nobody believes unless they hear, nobody hears unless somebody tells them, and nobody tells them unless they are sent. And what's built into our DNA as a church is, man, we're going to partner with people who are doing the going, because as they go, they will preach, and when they preach, somebody will hear, and when somebody hears, they will get saved. So even though we can't be physically in Kampala, Uganda, 
we have an imprint and we have a fingerprint in Uganda through the work that Matt and Angela are doing. So tell us a little bit about the going part. You guys have been in Africa for 14 years? South Africa and then and then Uganda. Yep. Tell us a little bit about what compelled you to go to Africa. Yeah, the opportunity just presented itself, and uh, we took a step to do that. Um, but just with what, what Ray was saying today about just the power of partnership, you know, it's impossible for us to go without being sent, like Ray said in the scripture there. But just I was just thinking about you know me and Ray's partnership that we have. And how the Lord just put us together from the very beginning of our call for our lives. You know, do you think that, Matt, I was just thinking, would I even been friends with Ray if the Lord didn't set it up in, 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 in Tulsa? And uh, talk about a guy from Detroit, Michigan, a guy from Tennessee, and a Liberian thrown in a room together. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm not hanging out with a country boy from Tennessee. And I didn't even know where Africa was on the map, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But the power of how God partners people together and how he puts people into a certain place to get done what what he wants to do on the kingdom of God. Isn't that powerful? And even those relationships that God knew from the very beginning at Bible school that he's using now to reach the nations. And I just want to share with you first here is that God has placed strategic people and pastors and churches in place for you to get what you need. Good. The first thing that it says here, I wrote down to is David was not where he wanted to be, but he was where he needed to be. The scripture tells us here um, in Genesis, it goes on, it says, after these, all the sons, uh, it says, are there... Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send him here. We will not sit down until he arrives. And David trained himself to do what needed to be done, not where he wanted to be. He wanted to be. Don't you think that David wanted to be there when the prophet showed up? But he was on the backside of the desert receiving what he needed through those relationships, through that caring over the sheep. And how our relationship was set up, that God was even growing my call for world missions through my wife that was on the mission field. She spent half her life in Africa. Ray obviously has a tremendous testimony, if you haven't heard about how he escaped out of Liberia, walking a whole, uh, what, three days to get to Sierra Leone. Uh, the, the Lord saved his life at gunpoint. Uh, tremendous things that your pastor has went through. That God used those relationships, what I'm saying today, for the partnership of the call that God placed in my life. It's a big deal, man. And as, you, as, as you're talking, I just had a flashback to when Matt and I met. Because I knew, I knew uh, Brandon, our friend from Tennessee, uh, before I went to Bible college. But we were at uh, the NRC, Brandon and I, playing basketball. The NRC was the, the, uh, the gym and the recreation center on our college campus. And we're, we're there that night playing basketball, and in comes this guy that we never knew, and he was just shooting around, and he comes up to me. He said, you guys need a roommate? <laughs> <laughs> Say boldness. <laughs> boldness. That's how I met Matt. Mm. You guys need a roommate playing basketball. What am I saying? What I'm saying is every single day we live, God gives us opportunities. God sends us people. 
God gives us opportunities for divine alignments. And if we're not careful, we will ignore them. Because the truth is, uh, we didn't need another roommate. We didn't have room for another roommate. I stopped long enough to have a conversation with Matt on the basketball court that is making a difference across the world 20 years later. That started with a simple question, do you need a roommate? The automatic answer should have been, no, I'm sorry, bro. You drove all the way down from Michigan and you didn't even well, plan for what, what you were going to Well, that's what you guys said at the beginning. And I went the whole <laughs> week. At the Is whole, that what we said? No, oh, yeah. Are you I, went the, I, don't, I don't remember that part <laughs> of the story. <laughs> I went up to him and said, you guys need a No, we, we, we good, dog. <laughs> Is that what we said? Oh yeah, and I and I'm stretching <laughs> I my faith. I'm stretching my faith the whole week, thinking, Lord, what is going on? My dad's ready to go back with the car, drop us off, and then Brandon actually came up to me in the in the in the service. Said the Lord's been dealing with us, that mm-hmm. the Lord. But you know, there was a, there was some time going on there before my blessing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is persist in faith. Amen. All right, so, 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 but that's the going part. And so you guys have been in Africa, but let's talk about the preaching part. You guys have a core message, uh, and uh, most people go to Africa and they want to evangelize and get people saved, but your core message and your target audience is a little bit different than the traditional way that missionaries go, right? So most times missionaries go, they do a crusade, uh, and uh, uh, they, it's just kind of for anybody who will hear the gospel. You guys have a different core message, a different target audience. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think it's appropriate uh, because of what we're doing with, uh, um, yeah, the Lord put it in our heart, you know, after me and Ray graduated from Bible school, I was ready just to preach the, preach the pain off the walls, you know, and was excited about getting there to Africa. And, um, we moved to South Africa originally and started, but so many people were passing away because of AIDS there. And the Lord started dealing with our heart. What are we going to do about this situation? Everyone say need need. You see what I'm saying? The needs that we see and the problems that we see are the, 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 we are the solution to those problems that we see every day. Amen. That God is using and working through us. But when we saw those problems, the Lord started to deal with us. How are we going to impact the nation is through the young people. So we wrote a curriculum called Walk Pure, and it's 10 weeks, how to save sex until marriage. And we started to raise up a team of leaders that was going into the school with us, because me and Angela went to as many schools as we could to uh, teach the purity gospel, because we want to see people get to Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, but if they're dying, they can't get there. If they're sick, if they got a baby strapped on their back, they can't get to 29, 11. Good. So we wrote this curriculum, and we started reaching out right in the schools to those students, and um, that's where it started, Ray. No, that's exciting. Uh, You guys saw the statistics on the video. Uh, 70%, man, 70% of the population is under 30. 30. Uh, Very young. Uh, The median age is 15, and then one in five. That's 20%. 20% of the population infected with HIV AIDS, many of them young people, and then one in 10 Mm. is an orphan. That means 10% of those children uh, grow up in a home with no father or mother. And so the need is great. And Matt and Angela, I saw that need, and, uh, and they've been meeting that need for 10 years. Now, tell us a little bit about how specifically you're doing that. You did that in the schools with Walk Pure. You're still doing that. But then the Lord kind of shifted uh, uh, sort of your assignment uh, and where you guys are investing most of your time. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so we started uh, to go out and reach as many people as we could. Um 
just me and Ange, but obviously it took too long to reach uh, thousands of students. So we raised up a team, and we were doing about 10,000 students a year, but then uh, it was taking Let's pump the brakes for a second. You heard what he just said, right? 10,000 students a year are hearing the gospel, uh, not just the gospel of salvation, but they're also hearing the gospel of purity and abstinence. Now, now, let me tell you why that's critical. Because what they're saying, what they're challenging these kids to do at an early age, age is literally saving their lives. Literally. Not just saving them spiritually for eternal life, but literally saving their lives from being exposed to HIV AIDS. 10,000. 10,000 a year. You know, the scripture says in Genesis twenty-two eighteen, it says, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Good. Let me, let me read that again. It says, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because of the obedience of one person, like Pastor Ray said, 10,000 people are being reached through the obedience of Pastor Ray to plant this church, through the obedience of what God has called you to do, that this is not a game that we do every Sunday, but there are souls Good. on the line, Good. that there are salvations that need to play, take place. There are things in Texas that need to take place, and there are people that are waiting on you and me for our obedience so that we can see God move. Amen? Good. Good. And I, I just believe it with all my heart. It's so strong as we are better together and as this church begins to unify even stronger that we're going to be able to do more in this city. Amen? So good. So good. Uh, can I just t- jump on that for a yeah. second? Man, just lately, I've just become even more aware of, of living on mission, right? What does that mean? Uh, we talk about where they are on the mission field in Kampala. Uh, but this morning we got an opportunity to pray for a family from Toyota uh, who had a sudden loss. And it keeps coming back to me every time I pray for our church and I pray for people that we have our own mission field that we're sent into every single day. That when I go to Renaissance Center Corporate and I'm working with my IT team, I'm keenly aware that this is my mission field. This is not just a place where I earn a check or make a living. Everywhere my feet tread, God gives me opportunities daily to share my faith with somebody. And let me tell you what I mean by sharing my faith. I'm not pulling out gospel tracts and giving it to people. I'm earning credibility with them. And people come to my desk and say, man, I've been looking for you all morning. I need to talk to you. I need to ask you about what to do with this situation. I'm not pulling out the Bible and preaching to them every day, but they know I'm a Christ follower. And after having earned credibility, I've only been there in October with dozens of people on my team and outside my team. I say dozens. That is no exaggeration. Mm. Some people I don't even work with that other people say, hey, you need to go talk to that guy about life situations. Hmm? Now I'm able to share Jesus with them. Remember Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well started with a drink of water, but it changed her life. Don't take for granted where God has planted you right now. 
It's about so much more than earning a living and earning a paycheck. God wants to use you right where you are as a missionary. And I told you the story about my friends in the army, Shane Sweck, the guy from Nantucket, who, who I led to the Lord. He was an atheist, and he ended up leading his roommate, uh, Jake Taylor, to the Lord, and Jake ended up leading Dave Mays to the Lord. But it started because I recognized what I did in the army as my mission field. And this morning when we're praying for that family from Toyota, the prayer request was that God would comfort them. And the way I prayed, and after that time, I talked to the person who had the prayer request. I said, do you realize that you're God's answer? That you're the one who is supposed to bring comfort to that family? Amen. That you're the one who's supposed to reach out to them and love on that person, who, who, that family that lost a loved one? It's okay for us to pray that God will send somebody, but how about God might be sending you? Amen. Right where you're planted. And so we need to begin to live that way. Yeah. Because there are people who desperately need what you and I have. You know, if, why, you had, hold on, just, okay. if you had the cure to cancer, is that something that you would keep to yourself? If you had the answer to world peace, right, would that, would that be something you keep to yourself? Yet we do that with the gospel, mm -hmm. though. Everywhere God plants you, he plants you to be salt and to be light. So, yes, we partner on the mission field with this guy, but everywhere you go, your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, you are a missionary sent to encourage somebody. And you don't have to try to close the deal. Sometimes you just need to be a friend, and God will use you to make a difference in their lives. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's so important. Why should we be on mission, like Pastor Ray is talking about? You know, number one, because Jesus was. The Bible says, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Good. It says, because the harvest is so great. You know, T.D. Jake says that there is fruit at the end of the tree. If no one picks it, it's going to wither up and die. Good. The scripture here says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house might be full. Good. We've got to go. Amen. It says, uh, because the labors are few. Then I said, here am I, send me. Because Jesus said to do it. Go into the world and preach to every creation. Amen? And then simply because the unfulfilled prophecy of Jesus, the gospel must be published in all nations before Jesus can come back. Good. The last thing, we do not want the blood of non-Christians on our hand. Amen? Ray, I remember driving all the way down uh, from Michigan uh, to Florida with this young man, and he was getting ready to propose to this girl, and she worked for Disney World at the time, and uh, he got down there, and, um, you know, he was so excited about this. But I said, you know, if I'm going to sit in this car all the way from Michigan to Florida, this guy's going to hear about the gospel. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Everyone say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he proposed to her, you know what, and unfortunately she said no, and he took his life. But you know what? That blood would have been on my hands if I didn't share about the gospel with him. Good. Good. You know, these are the things that the, 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 the scripture begins to talk about. And then the lastly, because we have experienced something. We've experienced something from Christ, each one of us, that we can share. Good. Good. So tell us a little bit, and I, I think I asked you this earlier, and then I, I kind of... Uh, um, 
digressed. Your work first started in the secondary schools with the Walk Pure curriculum. Yeah. You guys have advanced it. Now you guys are, have, a, a, I guess, a dual assignment. You're working with kids in the schools. But then tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Fryo and, yes. why, and why that's important. So why it's important, uh, we have a young fellowship that meets on Friday nights. So the Lord just put it on our heart to build an army that would reach the schools. Um, and that was happening only through about 10 or 15 leaders. So we said, what can we do to make a bigger impact in the city, Ray? So every Friday we meet with the young people that are from about seven different universities, that we have over 11 different nations that are represented. So we have a fellowship just like today on Sunday, but we meet on Friday night at 7 o'clock. Miss Angela leads our worship team, and then I minister, and then we uh, break bread together. But that is the kind of the celebration point where we rally all those people together. Our vision is is uniting youth to bring spiritual awakening and raising leaders to serve our world. So we're un- unifying the youth of the area. Yeah. Uh, people from Zambia, Sudan, Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, Eritrea, all over these different nations that are coming together, being trained up and raised out to go meet people. Yeah, no, Powerful. And why does that matter? It matters because as these people come to Uganda yeah. and they have an opportunity to encounter the gospel, guess what they do? They take it back to their countries of origin. Yeah. And they go back and begin to influence their families and their cities and their communities. At these universities where they serve, there are some of the most influential families in Uganda and some of the most influential families uh, from these countries, these other countries. What does that mean? Because of the work that Matt and Angela are doing, they have an opportunity to impact nations. Hmm to change the trajectory and the course of nations because the people that they are influencing are the future decision makers. That's why their work is so critical because they have an opportunity to change the course of nations. So, so that is your core message and your target audience. Mm. Let's talk about the sending part. Why, why is that sending part so important? Notice verse 15 of Romans chapter 10. It says, and how... Will anyone go and tell them without being sent? What Paul is talking about there is the power of partnership. God had entrusted Paul the gospel of grace, but he could not go alone. And so we've been doing a series of messages called Better Together. And the truth is, the truth is that the missionary is better with the partnership of the church. And the church is better with the work that missionaries do across the world. We're not just better together locally because of what we do, but we become better together globally because of our partnership with uh, organizations and missionaries like Matt and Angela. So tell us a little bit about the sending. Why is that significant? Yeah, this is so important because um, I believe that you're only as strong as the people behind you. And uh, Paul mentions this in uh, Philippians here, and he says, And you, Philippians, you yourself well know that in the early days of the gospel and ministry, when I left Mesopotamia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up an account in giving and receiving except you. Mm. Can you imagine the apostle Paul? If, if he can't do it, I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> Trying to get partnership with churches. And he said that there is only one church that was behind me and opened up an account in this partnership. Now, now pump the brakes there for a second. <laughs> yeah, pump the brakes there for a second. Let, let's talk about the significance of what Matt just said as he's talking about what Paul said. Now, we all have benefited from the work 
of Paul the Apostle, right? Two-thirds, two-thirds of what we call the New Testament was written by Paul. Two-thirds of what we turn to today for guidance and direction was written by Paul. Yet when Paul was writing this and risking life and limb, when he was writing the scriptures that we turn to for courage, I mean encouragement and comfort, only one church helped him. Does that resonate with anybody this morning? That when Paul was out there on the front lines making sacrifices, he said nobody but the church in Macedonia came alongside him to help him. The truth is we're better together. Amen. Now, the question, it begs the question, how effective would Paul have been if that one church had not partnered with him? Or, says, or how this, more effective would he have been if he had more help? Pastor Ray, the definition of partnership I wrote down is contributing, uh, contributing resources to share and profit. Good, good. Say that again. Contributing our resources to actually share in the profit. So we as a church, as the, as the church at large, as you guys contribute in the profits or contribute your resource that you have here and that you've gained and that the Lord blesses the, the, the fruit of your labor through your hands, that then you will gain in the profit of the reward as you sow into Africa or wherever that might be. The verse goes on to say in verse 17, that not that I desire your gift, Paul says, but what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Good. Verse 18, that you have received full payment and have more than enough. I amply am supplied now that I have received from Aphroditus the gifts that you sent. Mm. They are significant, a fragrant of offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Hallelujah. So, ahead, so what was Paul saying over there? Let me just break it down as we close. What was Paul saying? First thing Paul says, look, man, just in case you're, you're questioning my motivation for saying this. Uh, what's, what verse is that? He said, just in case 17. you're questioning my motive for saying this, I'm not saying this because I want something from you. He said, I'm saying this so that something can abound to your heavenly account. Let me tell you something. Huh? What we do on earth is the dress rehearsal for eternity. Listen to me now. Everything we do on earth echoes in eternity. Everything we do on earth has a reward in heaven. Notice what Jesus says. Jesus said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can corrupt it. Store up your treasures in heaven where it is untouchable and it is eternal. Listen to what I'm saying. Whatever we do for the kingdom of God, Whatever we do in the name of God has eternal consequences that will outlive and outlast us. So what Paul was saying is the reason I say what I say about partnership is not because I just want something from your hand. He says, I actually want something for you that is eternal. So everything that we do on earth with our resources, with our time, the investments we make, what he's talking about about profit is not financial at all. It is eternal because when we partner with God and prioritize the things that are important to God, we secure for ourselves 
and eternal reward. That's a good place to get excited, City Church. We secure for ourselves an eternal reward. And that's why sending is so critical. I think you had a picture that you sent us yeah, that shows the, that? what that looks like, the power of partnership. Tell us about that picture. Uh, yeah, this is just a powerful photo that obviously me and Angela sit in the middle and we're reaching out to the lost uh, souls. We got Ray and we got City Church that's holding us up. Say City Church. <laughs> Say that's church. me. That's me. Amen. And we can't reach out to grab that lost soul without that power of partnership. Good. Hallelujah. Very good. Yeah. So uh, as we close, as we close, uh, just maybe share one win, something that you say, you know what, as a result of our partnership together, these are the lives, this is how we're impacting lives. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, how you will continue to impact lives on a grander scale with yeah. the work that you're doing with the, uh, the, the facility, the new facility you guys. Yeah, one of our, um, our wins is a, a guy named Nicholas that was with our program for about four or five years. And uh, he came and met uh, through our fellowship. And he would actually walk about a half hour just to get to the fellowship, right? She's like, man, there's a white guy over there that we call Mazungu. What can I get from this Mazungu? <laughs> you know, if I can get a little bit of money from him, if I can get some cash, some food, whatever, because white people, any white person is just rich. So he was just trying to get to us, but he said, you know, after I started coming, I, I found out that you weren't giving anything out. But what you were giving, actually, silver and gold that, that I don't have, but such I have a give to thee. He, we were giving them the gospel. We were giving them leadership stuff. So he was growing under the word of God, and he actually got a job in the city and was doing real well. But he came to us, and uh, he said, Pastor, can I go into the school? So we put him in the schools, and he was teaching about 300 kids and growing with his, his English and because uh, he came out from a village. Awesome dude. But then he's like, Pastor, I want to take this back to my village, which is eight hours away. Mm. Now think about a guy that left the city where there's no electricity, there's no lights at night, there's, there's nothing. You know, you're getting your water out of a well. Now you get to go to the city and hang out. And he's like, I'm going to go back to that because there's no school in the area for these young kids and my brothers and sisters. I'm not going to go back. Will you support us? Will you stand with us as we go back? And we're like, yes, sir. So he goes back, buys a small piece of land, Ray. He plants a, a school that's just, you know, maybe uh, 10 by 20 out of cow dung. He, he uses cow poop and, and, and clay and puts it together, builds walls, puts a thatch roof up. Come on. He has 120 kids now coming to his school. Come on. Uh, we were able to buy him a piece of land there. Uh, he started his second school now. Um, in a village about a half hour away, he has 250 kids there. Or we're going to be digging them a well soon. Come on. But this is Nicholas that was growing and discipled through us. First Jerusalem, Gen Judea, then the uttermost parts of the world. Amen? Good. So as we reach Nicholas, and as you reach him, he's able to reach his village. Powerful. So we have tremendous testimonies of other campusers that are being raised up to do that, and that's what a win looks like to us. You so now he's able to reach his own village. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. So, so yeah, come on. So check this out, City Church. But just a second. Yeah. So when we, you see that youth center that we talked about, that is going to be a training center yeah. where there's no church in the area. We're raising up young men, indigenous leaders, to go reach the nation of Uganda. Right. We're there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We're just, we can't be there long term, but a Ugandan will be able to reach a Ugandan far better than we ever will. 
That's powerful. And, and that's built into the, the DNA of how they do ministry. The goal is just to train up nationals, raise them up, turn the work over to them. And, uh, and so that's powerful. Here, here's, here's what's cool, City Church. That testimony that he shared about Victor, we have a part in that as well. We get to share in the reward of that transformed life. There are young people who came through your, your program who are doctors now. Is there a yeah. young lady who's a doctor? Who are successful people influencing Uganda that they have reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guess what? We're better together. And because of our partnership with them, they're able to do what they're able to do. One of the reasons that they were able to buy land and invest in Victor is because somebody else partnered with them. Does that make sense? And, and so everything they do, guess what? We get a part of that reward to transform lives in a village where some of us may never set foot. But your generosity and your prayers are making a difference halfway across the Yeah, we world. had another, uh, Angela's mom and dad came out. They brought 250 backpacks um, loaded full of all school supplies. We count it, you know, yeah. for granted sometimes that we don't even have, they don't never had their own backpack. They've never seen a white person before. We brought those out. We delivered them in the village. So excited to get their first backpack and be a part of, you know, growing with their studies. And uh, thank you for being a part of what God is doing in Uganda. It's exciting. People. It's exciting. And, and this is what, check this out, check this out, check this out. Yeah, yeah, this is exciting. And, and let me just say this about the character of Matt and Angela. Let me just say this about character of matter. Hey, check this out. I'm from Liberia, man. I'm from Liberia. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, if I would let my wife have a baby in a hospital in Liberia today. There, there was a time when we would. But do you know these guys are so invested in Africa that they had both of their kids in hospitals in Africa when they could have come back to the States and... They were so committed to the work and so committed to the people that they risked some big stuff to have their kids on African soil. It's a big deal. These guys are invested in the work. They are invested in the people, and it's not for any selfish motive or any personal gain. And and, and so with the work that they're doing and the opportunity that they have to reach uh, uh, some of the most influential children, uh, who will go back to their nations and become policymakers across Africa and change the yeah. course of the continent uh, and the nation of Kampala? Man, we need to put our we need to put our arms and we need to put our prayers and we need to put our generosity behind the work that they're doing to make a difference. So, the the youth center, you guys have already purchased the land. Yes, sir. Uh, and in fact, the way you guys purchased the land is in the middle of this really affluent uh, development, a really affluent community. There's nothing of the sort there. And again, because you guys will be in such close proximity to all these residences and these families, you'll have an opportunity to reach those families. Tell us finally about the the work that you guys will doing with, be doing with the youth facility. Yes, the youth facility is just a tool by God that we're going to use to reach the kids of the community. Like we said, we have a football p- pitch there. Like, uh, you know, we count it for granted that 
There's so many beautiful pitches and parks. You know, they play on a dirt floor. And when there. you say football, you're talking soccer, yeah, right? Soccer, so, yeah. So, got you. Just so you know. But um, football is soccer. Yeah, they're just usually Africa. it's just dirt. But we're gonna put a grass pitch there. Have intramural sports. We're gonna have intramural basketball. Kids are gonna come out. We'll have a place where that we can tutor the students there. Uh, we have a coffee bar that'll be built to connected the church. But it's just gonna be a place that's gonna be uh, groundbreaking, so that we can see so many lives touched, Pastor Ray. That's very exciting. And we just want to thank you for partnering with us. It's our pleasure, man. It's been amazing uh, to partner with you guys, to be a friend and a partner to Living Water Ministry. So, all right. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is where we close.